as our Savior. But then with each step along the way, like vows in marriage, where we're going, yeah, that's right, for better, for worse. This feels worse than better. For richer, for poor, yeah, this feels thin. Sickness and in health, till death do us part. Every day we're being reminded of our vow in Christ. And that starts with a level of acceptance to receive him, but then each day saying, I will and I do follow you. Joseph is a prototype for acceptance. And if we miss that in the Christian life, if we miss that in the Christmas story, I think we have a huge gap that only ends up with wondering where are you or why would you allow this to happen, God? It starts with giving our hearts and accepting him. The second thing that I would simply say is that Joseph is a prototype of this bit part in the larger narrative of God's story. There is, in our celebrity-driven culture, this idea that we have to make a difference, that somehow we have to leave our mark in this world, that we have to have a, a big splash, that we're going to be defined by the amount of followers we have on social media, or the kind of name recognition, or the kind of statues that might get built, or the kind of awards that we receive. And I would simply submit that when we say yes to Christ, we become simply bit players that our greatest testimony is I showed up because I felt like God wanted me to. I showed up because I felt like God was prompting me. What we call Kairos moments, those moments where of, of, of repentance, where we simply say, I'm going to turn. I'm gonna turn away from, I'm gonna to turn toward, but I wanna be sensitive to your leading. I don't need to have my name in lights. I just need to be found faithful. What's interesting about Joseph's story is that a chapter or two later, depending on the gospel, we don't read of Joseph's life anymore. In fact, the last occurrence is that he loses his 12-year-old son in the temple when they go for a religious festival and they're halfway back to home and they're like, I thought he was with you. And Mary's like, I thought he was with you. And they're like, I, we left our only son in Jerusalem. Nice parenting, right? Like, I mean, it was sort of a he said, she said moment. But we don't have this great record of the life and ministry of Joseph, except that he was his earthly father. And Jesus got the goods from a godly man. So he becomes a prototype for acceptance and a prototype for someone who plays a bit part. All I'm saying is when we say yes to God's story, we don't have to star. We just have to be found faithful walking with him. But maybe the most significant thing that I see out of this passage is that he's a prototype for God with us. That was the sign that was going to be given. It was the sign throughout the prophetic word. Uh, Isaiah has all of these moments where he says, you will know that by this, and he will be Emmanuel. Now, Jesus was never referred to as Manny. He never actually went by that name. But it was a promise that says, I will be with you. As a person and as a people, I will be with you. And so when we hear that, we have to ask the question, what does it look like? Because yes, Mary was great with child and she gave birth to Emmanuel, God with us. Except think about it. If you're Mary and you're a teenager and you're impregnated and people might even want to stone you, do you think that you're emotionally good on your own? Yes, you had an angel appear, but the angel is sort of evaporating like vapor. And you're like, who's going to actually walk with me? Joseph. 
So when we find people who are in dire straits, when we find people who are emotionally strung out or, or financially thin, you and I become Joseph. We become God with them. He becomes a prototype. She, I don't think, could have done this without him. He's much more than, than the surrogate father of Jesus on earth. I think he was God's presence, God's comfort, God's strength, God's reassurance that you are not, in fact, alone in this calling. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, we're going to flee. Yes, it'll be all of those things. Social stigma, we're poor people, except that you are, in fact, not alone. Joseph is this beautiful prototype of God with her. We, you, are a prototype of God with them. And you get to name them your neighbor. your friend, your family member, your child, your spouse, the stranger, the coworker, the foe, <laughs> the immigrant, the vulnerable among us. There is this picture that we get from him. And so uh, I like to just say this. Um, there's this book that I read um, Jess Archer, who works at ESL with a lot of immigrants, specifically a lot of Muslim immigrants, handed me this book, and it was super encouraging because, again, we're all looking for a sign, a sign that would lead us to take a next step. And it's this kind of information that you find out never from CNN, never from the major news outlets, but it gives me, as a Christ follower, great hope. Because when we wanna talk about where is God when, or how is God showing up, this book is called Dreams and Visions, and what it tells is the story of how God is bringing people in the Muslim world into relationship with Christ. And the story goes, as, as country after country, all throughout the Middle East, people are finding Christ, and it goes something like this. These people who are raised, and again, they would look at Christianity and America as synonymous. They don't want to give up their culture any more than we want to give up ours. But to become a Christian is to like say, I'm an American. So you could be the most eloquent and articulate person, go over to the Middle East, preach the gospel as best as you can, but at the end of the day, they don't want to accept your American culture. And so the question becomes, how do these people come into a saving relationship with God? And as the account after account in this book, a guy who spent years and years, Tom Doyle, living in the Middle East, uh, from all different countries, and, and they find it like this. These Arabs or, or uh, different Middle Eastern would find each other and they would say, have, have you seen, have you seen the man in white? And what is happening is God is bringing revelation to those through dreams and visions. And it inevitably becomes, in their dreams, seeing the man in white. I've read stories, not just in this book, where, where guys who had been beheading Christians or non-Muslims in their caliphate order, now they're, they're being haunted, if you will, by the man in white, just like Paul was confronted on the road to Damascus. Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? Or Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
And here's what I find interesting as you read in the book, is that they find each other with great um, risk to their own life. Are you seeing dreams of the man in white too? And as they find each other, the dreams begin to dissipate. Because if you're like me, you ask the question, God, why don't you act like how you did in the book of Acts more? Why don't I see you more in strength and in power? Why don't I have more dreams and revelation and visions? To which I would say, in the account of this book, what you learn is that the more they find God's written word and the more they find the body of Christ, the less the Holy Spirit begins to speak in dreams and revelation. Why don't we as an American people have more dreams and revelations? I think it's because we have God with us. We have the strength of Christ. We have the comfort of God. We have the provision of the Lord. And it is present in you. That's why church gets really fouled up when you get to be anonymous or when you don't see your participation as really significant or when you don't practice a living faith because someone either in here or out there misses out. And the reality is, is that the Holy Spirit is in just the same operation today, except that when we find the written word, God's living word that's inspired. And when we find the body of Christ, why we need to be in some kind of Christian intentional fellowship, we have Emmanuel. God is with us. It's a beautiful picture of how the Holy Spirit and how God wants to operate in us and through us. And so there's this verse where uh, it says in, in, you know, how does God want to be? When we read the Great Commission, it's all about doing. Go into all the world, you know, baptize, teach. Um, and so what we see, though, is in, in Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 26 and, and 27, it, it, it says these words. Um, when we talk about uh, God being with us, listen to how this unfolds. I guess I would probably put it in the form of, of almost an equation. If you're an accountant here tonight, um, if you are uh, like an engineer tonight, I'm going to speak your love language for, for a second. And I would simply say, this is how God wants to operate in us and through us. And it would simply be this, John 9, 5, oops, John 9, 5 plus Matthew 5, 14 equals Colossians 1, 26 and 27. Okay, now let me explain what I mean by that, is that when we read John 9, 5, it says, I am the light of the world. That is Jesus's world. He's saying, I'm the light, uh, which is really freeing news because I don't have to play a starring role. I just get to reflect that light. Maybe another way to say it, I just get to be a candle holder because God's the light. And Jesus, I don't have to be the light. Let Jesus be the light. But then he comes uh, in Matthew 5, 14, and then he says, um, but, oh, by the way, you are the light of the world. And so the question is, is how can I be the light of the world if he's the light of the world? Well, the answer is in Colossians 1, 27, where he simply says these words. Uh, to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ, the light, resides in you. Now, you, me, we are the light, or at least the candle holder. 
the, the analogy of the bride of Christ is all throughout Scripture. Christ fills you with his seed so that you, me, get to bear the fruit of Christ and that would shape our lives to bear fruit like Jesus because it is Jesus. It's Jesus in us. This is Emmanuel. God is with us. Now, we usually think of God with us as something that maybe we can enter into. We, we tend to think of it as something that we can experience or maybe expect. But I would simply maybe ask it this way. What if a large part of the way we're supposed to experience God with us is how we share it, with how we express it, with how we model it? I'm constantly looking for Christ to show up, except what if part of Emmanuel is supposed to come through me? I have to just tell this story real quick. Um, we had a wonderful night at Supper Club on Friday night, and it was, we, we got to meet with people who are basically in subsidized housing, some are refugees, some just on fixed incomes, but it was, it, it was great, and we got to connect uh, with a mom and a daughter and uh, realized a little bit of their story, um, grieving, um, got some anxiety issues, but a delightful 12-year-old girl, and we just got to spend a wonderful night, and, um, uh, and I just felt like we needed to respond, and so we got in touch with them on Saturday and got to spend some time going um, Christmas shopping with them. And Annika, our recent driver, was super motivated to uh, say, and she wasn't there on Friday, I'll take her out for a girl outing. And uh, took this girl to the domain and introduced her to Lush and Sephora and all these really fun girly stores uh, with like really strong scents that give you headaches. Uh, <laughs> and just had this really epic time um, because they had no means to celebrate Christmas. And you're like, does that solve anything? Nope. And all I had told her, I said, look it to the mom. Um, it's what I told you. I don't want you to take this wrong. I just recognize that we're all in a place of need. It's just our needs are different. And so compassion isn't that I have so much. It's that we're no different. So how can we make this season feel a little different for you? Because she was going after, without asking for anything, she was talking about, oh, a few years ago, I used to work at Dell. I have a college degree. And then my mom died of uh, cancer. My sister died right before her. And then my dad died. And, I never used to be anxious, but I can't keep a job. And um, it's just one thing after another. I thought, how can I study the, the, the written word and not actually pick up the phone and actually be a part of God's solution? To say, mm -mm, I see, I'm here, we can do this. So we ended up last night just having dinner, all five of us together and after going through the malls. and. I hate malls in December, except that this was beautiful. It was, it was sacred. Um, but it wasn't because they had a great time. It was because uh, my heart's been made new and there's been a blessing. Like I've been on the receiving end of this. I think that's what Emmanuel's supposed to look like. Um, Joseph is a prototype because he didn't leave Mary. He claimed her as her own, regardless of circumstance. Mary needed the comfort and the confidence of God's presence. And Joseph is like, I'm with you, which is equivalent of he's with you. 
So as we read through this story again and again of the scandal, the drama, the out for blood of Herod and the, um, the seeking of the wise men. We, we read all of these things again, and, and we start to realize there's, there's some similarities maybe in, in my own story and we reflect on our own lives. Um, there's something that I don't want any of us to actually miss, that God is with you. Yeah, it feels like next week's going to be a full week. Yeah, you're going to stare and have to face family again. Yeah, you're probably staring at maybe some January credit card bills. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, but it doesn't mean that God is not with us and works through us. See, we're all looking for a sign, and we're part of that solution. I want to do this. I want to pray with you now. And um, I want to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes and go with me on this. We're going to have a little bit of an extended time of worship, but I simply want to invite you as we begin to just pray and think about this idea of Emmanuel. God's with us as much as Joseph was with Mary in, in, a, in a difficult time. Sometimes I worry that we just miss how God is with us. Sometimes I think we miss that God wants to show himself through us. So I want to just invite you, without looking around, but just to hear the sound of my voice and let the Spirit just kind of speak to you now. Because God is with us. And it doesn't necessarily make it easier, but simply when you hear something that kind of resonates or sounds like you, I just want you to stand with your eyes closed. Stand up if you've lost a loved one this year. Stand up if you have family who's been spending time in jail this year. Stand up if you have family that doesn't believe in God. Stand up if you've been unemployed this year. Stand up if mental illness is a part of your family story. Stand up if yelling is how your family communicated. If perfectionism is a way of life. Stand up if you're still waiting to hear, I'm proud of you. Stand up if you have a family member you're struggling to forgive. Stand up if you come from a broken or abusive home. Stand up if you feel like your prayers just hitting the ceiling. If you look around, what you'll see is God with you. What you see is God with us. What you see is that we're all in the same boat of simple need. And 
God saying, I'm the sign and I, live in, I can live in you. Our Father in heaven, I pray that you would speak to us during this time. I invite everyone to stand with us as we kind of enter into a time of worship. I want to make this a time of worship and prayer. Father, I pray that you would reveal to us the areas of our hearts that you have already shown up. And we want to give you praise. But I also pray that in these moments, you would speak to us with the prompting of your Holy Spirit and reveal to us a way that you've already shown up and we haven't seen it. I believe your promise wasn't a 2,000 year old static revelation. I believe that you are with us here and now. Move us to a point of acceptance. Help us to find our part in your story, but move us to a place where we can be part of your Emmanuel. On earth as it is in heaven. I want to encourage you just as we pray and worship, just to think about those two things. What's an area that you could just celebrate tonight? Yeah. Thank you, I see you with me. And then, where is God? Um, been looking around wondering, how are you with me? An area that you feel like you've missed God in, feels like a desert. Worship together.